0: Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles. And today we're talking about Apple's official announcement of their September 14th event, where we expect to see the iPhone 13, Apple Watch Series 7, and more. This episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN, the Nebbi by Moe Spa Shower, and LinkedIn Jobs. To discuss all that Apple will announce at the upcoming event is my friend across the pond, William Gallagher. How's it going, William? Uh huh. Mm.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sorry, one second. I'm just watching the end of Ted Lasso season two. I don't believe it. Yeah, no, I not. do not
0: believe that you are doing it. <laughs> no. Have you even given it another chance?
1: Uh, I thought I'd, I gave it the chance. That was enough. I thought if I just threw that in, oh, we'd end no, this conversation. Lord. And look, we're here to talk about serious things, aren't we? Yes. Ah. All right. Well, <laughs> I'll regale you
0: on Ted Lasso another day because. Excellent. We have Apple's official announcement of their September 14th event. We said on this podcast that it looked like Apple's going to send out invites on September 7th with an event on the 14th, and it has happened just like that. Tuesday, September 7th, invites were sent out via email to an event Apple is calling its, quote, California streaming event, or streamin', excuse me, which is it? Is it streaming or streamin'? Oh, good
1: point, I don't know. Nope,
0: they did the ING. I
1: love the title, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love the title. I even listened to the song because there's the song California Dreamin'. Who's the artist? Do you know the artist, William? Uh, I'm not a connoisseur at this. Is it the Beach Boys? Um, Uh, No, 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 but I'm going to leave that in because I I, I want our listeners to tweet at you. Okay, I think it's by the Mamas and Papas. Is it the Mamas and Papas, California Dreamin'?
1: I'm thinking of the the Beach Boys live cover version on their obscure bootleg album that only I have. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. (laughs) Okay, yeah, sure. There's that too, but I think it's the mamas and papas,
0: uh, which I was listening to the song right before we recorded, just in case, you know, there was any Easter eggs in the lyrics, which oh, well, I'll get to in a second. But anyway. No,
1: no, no. You've gone too far now. <laughs> no, I've
0: gone too far. I say
1: it, yeah, that is too much. You should never do that. But if you found anything, tell us everything. Well,
0: one of the lyrics is All the leaves are brown, and one of the supposed colors of the new iPhone 13 is a bronze finish for the Pro line.
1: So. Ah, ah and at the end of the event, we are all going to leave. Oh, I see. This works. Yeah, I think If it there's is. anybody That's of it. a certain age in the UK, there used to be a quiz here called 321 that had preposterous Kafka esque quiz pushes at the end <laughs> that always ended up you winning a bin or something like that. I think we're going down that same way.
0: That's fan service to our UK listeners. <laughs> Anyone know knows what William is talking about again, uh, please tweet it. <laughs>
1: well, possibly not.
0: I'm excited. It's official Tuesday, September 14th. The event is at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's 6 p.m. UK yes. time, William. Exactly, yeah, very yes. Very good. So very excited for this. There's a little AR logo Easter egg, of course. If you go to the event page on your iPhone, you can see kind of an augmented reality, like an Apple logo, and you can walk through it and you see the date and all that. Not gonna read too much into the actual invite because it's basically just a, an image with a AR Apple logo. But we have talked about what we expect to see at this event, looking like iPhone 13, the entire lineup, most likely that redesigned Apple Watch Series 7 with the flat edges, maybe slightly larger display. And we could possibly see one other product, AirPods 3, is a good contender. We could see that at the event. And also the base model iPad could be updated to the ninth generation. There is actually low stock on Apple's online store and I think in physical stores as well. So it looks like that base model iPad could be redesigned. I'm gonna say we're gonna see the iPhone 13 lineup, the Apple Watch Series seven, AirPods three. I think those three are definite. That iPad could probably be a press release. I'm not sure if we'll actually see it during the event, but I think those three products, iPhone, Apple Watch, and AirPods, are pretty strong contenders. What do you think, William?
1: Uh, I think uh, it's going to be the Apple car and nothing else. That's what it's going to be. Um, (laughs) Every event. Sorry. Every It does occur to me that, all of us, everybody, the world is assuming this is the iPhone 13 release, and it's got to be. But Apple hasn't actually said it, so no. you know they might be in a, a giggly kind of mood and just come out with something mm. else. It <laughs> could happen. Well, seeing as some of the
0: other news that has come out in the leaks, there's been iPhone 13 Pro Max silicone cases uh, image, like True. a pile of these cases. So we've seen that there was a Ukrainian retail site that claims to have yes. some iPhone 13 models like shrouded in this uh, curtain or cloth or whatever, that they'll be coming. They even say that they know the colors that will be coming and to the regular line and the Pro line and the storage sizes. This is according to 91mobiles. It's an unspecified retail site.
1: Again, colors. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think of that, William? I like the fact that 91Mobiles protected them by not saying where the site was. But that business of that this site knows the colors that are coming, the configurations (laughs) are coming. If they're right and they have actually leaked it, then they might find they're not coming to their store at all. Apple could just, you know, go to another retailer. But where else would you go in the world to find leaks about Apple but a Ukrainian e-commerce store?
0: (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So this is the website that is also saying for the pro models of the iPhone 13, we're going to have black, silver, gold, and bronze uh, this year instead of the you know, we've had Pacific blue and we've had that green color in the last couple of years. So it'd be interesting if we only had kind of that gold bronze and then black and silver. But William, if you upgrade this year to the iPhone 13, and the colors are in fact the silver slash white, the black or space gray, gold and bronze, what do you think? What do you think you're gonna go with?
1: How long have I got to decide? Well, I bet a week, I suppose. <laughs> you got a week to decide. I did buy a white iPhone ten. Uh, And I quite liked it, but I put it in a case straight away, so I couldn't see the whiteness anymore. My iPhone 12 Pro is blue, and I really like that colour for it. Yeah. Gold always sounds gaudy. And whenever you see a photograph of Apple sides, even back to the 2015 MacBook when it was in rose gold and everybody thought, no, it's not rose gold, it's pink. But then you see it in the flesh and it's so nice. Yeah. I could well be drawn to gold in the end. What about you? Which way are you going to go?
0: I'm not going to particularly go gold, but depending on this bronze model, I don't know that seems attractive. I have a white iPhone 12 Pro right now. I usually go between white and black sometimes every other year. And maybe it's time for a color. You know, I'm always like, ah, I don't know. I don't want to risk getting the new color before I see it. And then I see the Pacific blue and it looks great with everybody else's videos and pictures. And so maybe this year I'll jump on the new color if it's bronze or whatever else they
1: announce. So what might you do with your current phone?
0: Well, that's a good question. And that's actually one of our listener questions. This is Nick who tweeted at me. What do I recommend and we recommend as the upgrade plan? I do Apple's iPhone upgrade plan, which means that every year I send, trade in my current model and get the new one. There's typically like a $100 upgrade fee, and then you pay monthly for Apple's upgrade plan. Now you can do payments through a variety of ways. Like you can usually do it through a carrier. You can also do Apple Card payments, but none of those methods include Apple Care Plus except Apple's own iPhone upgrade program. So I've been doing that for the last four years, maybe five years. And so I'm gonna continue doing that. I plan to send my iPhone 12 Pro back in the iPhone upgrade program, trade it in and get the 13. Uh, I assume they will continue offering it. One of the questions from Nick was, what happens when it's not a full year between iPhone releases? And last year, the iPhone 12 Pro was an October release and the Pro Max and Mini were actually in November. So if you do the iPhone upgrade plan, you actually don't have a full 12 months between models, but this did happen once before and might have been with the 10 or 10s. But in that case, typically Apple will give you the option to pay an additional month, like basically pay one more month to make it 12 months of payments and let you use the annual upgrade cycle a month early you just have to pay that month difference. So if you're on the upgrade plan or if you're concerned about that, I know that it has happened once before. And as I was able to jump in there, just pay like one month extra. It's not really one month extra. You've agreed to pay for 12 months of the iPhone and it typically works out just fine. So that's My current plan. Now, William, I know you usually like having last year's model as a secondary camera, and then you get the new one. Are you planning to do that this time?
1: Well, funny, as you were saying that, I was thinking I I might try the iPhone upgrade program again, but it is so good having last year's one. So right now I can shoot a video on a 12 Pro and an 11 Pro, and they're both really good cameras. I couldn't afford a second camera as good as the 11 Pro Mm. for anything like the price uh, that... uh, I I would get for the trade-in value or something if I did that. Um I presume I can trade in my 11 Pro if I if I join the upgrade program. Do I have to ha- I can keep the 12 and hand in the 11 Pro or keep them both and have phones everywhere? <laughs> well so What's I
0: think you if you're going to start the Apple iPhone upgrade program, you have to start it like new. So you would basically start it now. You pay the $100, and then you start paying monthly for the iPhone 13, but you don't trade anything in the first time you start the program. Right. You know, it's, it's not like you would trade in your 12 for anything. You're starting new. And then basically 12 months from now, you trade in your 13, and you get the 14, which we'll talk about in a minute. <laughs> so <laughs> you wouldn't have to trade anything in, I don't believe, if you start... Apple's iPhone upgrade program now with the 13. Because are you are you paying payments on the 12 right now or, was, or did you just own it?
1: I own it, so yeah, I yeah. could just, okay. Yeah, just get it on the uh, I'm suddenly wondering, is there a way to get a discount from Apple? Uh, some sort of credit store credit for trading in my phone. It's even separately to the iPhone upgrade program.
0: I mean, you could trade it in for, I think, maybe a different product. You know, I think you can get trade-in value as like an Apple store gift card or credit and put it towards, I don't know, an M1X. But I'm not entirely sure about that. So you might want to see what kind of trade-in options are available. I'll put the link on Apple's website to their trade-in program. It's like one of those tiny links at the very bottom of the page, Apple trade-in. And they'll tell you basically what the value is for your current device and what you could use it to shop for. There is an option on here actually says, trade in and get Apple gift card credit even without a purchase. So you could actually go ahead and trade in like you're 11 now, maybe you'd get a little more value before the 13 is launches if in the next like four days. Yes. So you could do that, get an Apple gift card and then use it for whatever in the future. So I'll put a link to that Apple trade in site in the oh, episode show notes.
1: Actually. So one thing you wouldn't know about this because of where you are, but, uh, the iPhone upgrade program, it's available, I think pretty much worldwide, but it's actually different everywhere in the smallest ways. It's uh, because of, uh, who does the backing of the financing behind right. it. So, uh, in the US, as far as I understand, you could apply for this online, join it online, get it online. Fine. uh In the UK, you have to go into an Apple store oh. to do it. You have no option. You can't start it online, which was a big problem during COVID when the stores were shut. Right. Start, but hopefully that's solved now.
0: Yes, hopefully. Yeah, I've always done it online, and even the upgrades can be done online. It is nice to if you can go in person. You can actually trade your iPhone in in person. So if you're ever a little wary about mailing your old iPhone back to Apple and make sure they don't like have to charge you for not receiving it. If you do the Apple iPhone upgrade program in store, you can literally hand them your iPhone 12 as you get your 13 and you don't have to deal with anything in the mail or anything like that. But with COVID and all that, you can do it all online and they send you a box to trade in. And I've done the box and shipped my old iPhone back Again, I think the last three or four years before that I did the in-person swapping, but I've never had an issue with shipping or anything or them having to charge me for the phone because they didn't receive it. So I think it's a pretty safe program and I've been really happy with it. I've had to use Apple Care once or twice in the past. I should
1: say, I think Apple stores are very, very dangerous because I I ordered an iPad Pro a couple months ago now. I went in, I had to go pick it up for it. And because I went into the store, they showed me the Magic Keyboard. And that was it. I had to have one. So, uh, yeah. Yes. Apple was very sorry about that. You could tell in their eyes. They really regretted putting me in that position. Uh. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure.
0: This episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Have you ever browsed in incognito mode? It's probably not as incognito as you think. Why would it be? Incognito mode, like the Chrome browser itself, is a Google product. And Google has made its fortune by tracking your movements Online. There's even a five billion dollar class action lawsuit against the company in California where it's accused of secretly collecting user data. Google's defense, quote unquote, incognito does not mean invisible. So how do you actually make yourself as invisible as possible online? You use ExpressVPN like I do. I'll be honest, I've been following kind of what's going on with Google and the Chrome web browser. And I stopped saving my passwords and stuff in Google Chrome. I have to use it every once in a while but I really use Safari and other web browsers more, but even more so to protect my browsing online, I use ExpressVPN. It turns out that even in incognito mode, your online activity still gets tracked and data brokers still get to buy and sell your data. One of these data points is your IP address. Data harvesters use your IP to uniquely identify you and your location. But with ExpressVPN, your connection gets rerouted through an encrypted server and your IP address is masked. And ExpressVPN uses trusted server security where all data is wiped with every reboot, VPN servers run in RAM only, and servers never write to the hard drive. Every time you connect to ExpressVPN, you get a random IP address shared by many other ExpressVPN customers. That makes it harder for third parties to identify you or harvest your data. Best of all, ExpressVPN is super easy to use. No matter what device you're on, your iPhone, your iPad, your Mac, even your smart TV, all you have to do is tap one button for instant protection. So if you really want to go incognito and protect your privacy and secure yourself with the number one rated VPN, visit expressvpn.com/apple Insider and get three extra months for free. That's expr-essvpn.com/apple Insider. Go to expressvpn.com/apple Insider to learn more. Our thanks to ExpressVPN for sponsoring this episode. You know, I mentioned Apple Care as being one of the main reasons why I do the Apple's iPhone upgrade program. And I'm actually going to link to an article from Basic Apple Guy. He's our friend on Twitter, a listener of the show. He actually did some math and calculated how much money he has personally saved by having bought Apple Care for his devices and calculating what the repair cost would have been without Apple Care. And what he had to pay having AppleCare and what it kind of equaled out to and how some of the things that he used AppleCare for, he could have gone without. They were more cosmetic than actual like functional issues with his devices. It's a great article. He breaks down all the costs and puts like the totals at the bottom. So if you're curious whether or not AppleCare is actually worth it and maybe what you've damaged in the past or what it could mean in the future, it's a great actual reference to see what it actually means. How much do you get AppleCare on, William?
1: Um, I don't actually on anything, um, considered it a few times. I went through the figures, there's actually there's a whole series of Apple Insider articles from about a year and a half ago, which, uh, we need to update really because certain things have changed. And I went through it and of course I was writing for everybody, but you look at your own situation and I realized in mine, it probably wasn't worth it. Uh, in fact, in all the time I've had an iPhone since 2008, I've had one incident where I needed a repair job. On it. So Uh, once for that, once for an Apple Watch. um, Do I just take better care of this stuff than you do? This is what I'm getting here. (laughs) I, I actually don't
0: need it too often. But as I was saying to people on Twitter, buying Apple Care is also a peace of mind benefit. So even apart from whatever money you might save from repair costs over time, for me personally, it gives me peace of mind and I can use my phone or my iPad and not be worried that I might drop it or try to be extra careful. And again, I don't do it often. I don't drop stuff often. I've used AppleCare repairs maybe two or three times in the course of the last like five to eight years, but I like paying for peace of mind. makes me feel better. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we can also see that Apple Watch Series 7, that redesigned coming with the flat edges, possible larger screen about one millimeter larger but it does give you like 20 percent more screen real estate a lot of the health features that have been rumored such as blood pressure glucose monitoring all that doesn't appear like it's going to be coming in this apple watch series 7 again we're expecting it to be announced at the september 14th event but if you're into that redesign, and Apple may have some tricks up its sleeves about features or things that could be coming, so keep your eye out for that. And as we should mention some of the new features that have been rumored to come to the iPhone 13 is that finally ProMotion 120 Hertz display, possibly always on display on the iPhone 13, and those camera improvements with ProRes video and also larger camera sensors that's what we're expecting to see with the iPhone 13 launch. The Apple event coming September 14th, I'll be doing a special recap episode like I do for every major Apple event. I try to get those recaps in like less than 10 minutes. So if you can't watch the event or you miss the announcements, look for a special episode of the Apple Insider podcast Tuesday, September 14th. I release it as soon as possible after the event, usually in the afternoon sometime. If you're in Europe or the UK, it'll be early evening, and we'll talk about all that's actually announced, what's actually coming out. And of course, we will Dive into all the specifics on next week's weekly episode of the Apple Insider Podcast. And even though William was jokingly mentioning the Apple car, there's actually been some news. Ford actually poached Apple's car project chief, Doug Field. He is no longer at Apple and he has gone to Ford instead. And there has also been news that Apple might be Coming back internal to working on the Apple Car and maybe even producing it rather than partnering with third parties for manufacturing. So, we are not expecting to see anything about Apple Car at this September 14th event, but interesting, some of this uh, team shifting and all that, what Apple's working on. And again, the loss of Doug Field is a, is a loss for Apple. And some say that the Apple Car, you know, we're not going to see it till like 2024, 2027. But because it was news this week with uh, Doug Field, just wanted to mention that real quick. All right, well, William, we have to talk about. The iPhone 14. Really? (laughs) Yeah, I know. You're very excited. You're very excited about this leak. But leaker John Prosser, we've mentioned him on this show before. First of all, John Prosser has accurately leaked the AirPods Max last year. He had renders of the design, which were basically what was launched, and the name. He leaked AirTag way before it was ever announced, before the colored M1 iMacs came out. He had renders and leaks of that colored iMac. And now currently he has leaks of the Pixel 6, which which actually that was confirmed as well. He leaked the design of the Pixel 6, and then Google kind of pre-announced the Pixel 6, and his leak for that was accurate as well. So for all of the leakers out there, you know, he has definitely had some hits and some accurate predictions there. Currently, he has leaked the iPad Mini 6 with that iPad Air Flat Edge type design. So we have Have to see that that iPad mini is going to be launched this fall. He has those like M1X leaks. You know, he predicted it was going to be WWDC. That was one of the things that he got wrong. But he has now leaked the iPhone 14 that he claims renders that he has made with his graphic designer and render maker, Ian. And they have renders of what he is claiming is the iPhone 14 that will be launched next year, like 2022. And made a big deal about it, really worked it up on social media. He's got the YouTube video where he talks about it as well. We reported on it so you could see the images of what this supposed iPhone 14 might be. He is claiming from the whatever leaked images that he has seen of the device and the renders that he has made, that face ID will go under the screen. The front facing camera will just be a hole punch and there will no longer be a notch on the iPhone in this redesign next year, titanium rails around the iPhone, which we had seen rumors about titanium being used on future iPhone models. And the overall design of the iPhone 14 is actually going to be reminiscent of the iPhone 4, where it will be uh, those titanium rails and then flat back and front. So no more camera bump, he's claiming, it will be a flat back glass and kind of matching up with the titanium rails that you remember from the iPhone 4, round circle volume buttons like the iPhone 4 design as well. And again, you can look at the images on Apple Insider, and I'll put it as the chapter art, of course, so you could see what that render looks like as well. But, I, you know, I don't know, man. We have to see if some of his leaks like the iPad Mini and stuff come to fruition. But if this is accurate, I mean, I, here's what I want to know, William. I want to know did Tim Cook watch John Prosser's front page tech video while he was leaking this? And if it is accurate, I would love to know his reaction. I don't know when that book is going to be written, but I really want to read that story. What are your feelings about this, William? Do you think like this is just totally out there? Is there credence to this? What do you feel?
1: Uh, I'm torn in five different ways. because You know, Apple does know what the next iPhone, the one after the 13th, is going to be. Right. Certainly some of the... It has occurred to me in the past that there is Tim Cook, everywhere saying, this is the best iPhone we've ever made. And in the back of his head, he knows, yeah, but wait till next year. You know, he knows. (laughs) He knows. It's going to be so. I can believe the credence of, that it, the information is around. It seems very early for designs, but I don't know about those things. I'm my split really is that I am as mad keen as anybody to hear these leaks, these news, but I also really like being surprised yeah, at the yeah, Apple yeah. events. So I'm torn, and I'm not necessarily saying this about John Prosser, but uh, in general with leakers, you do sometimes get the feel that. They act as if they invented the device instead of just taking a a shaky photograph of something. Yeah, so all that work that Apple does and a a little, I don't know, a render comes out here and it comes out there and kind of spoils it. I don't know. Prosser is the most successful, I think, leaker of of them all, wherever he gets his stuff from. But like you say, he's not always right. So I, I bet you in a year's time, though, uh, you and i will not remember to come back to this thing and see well uh, where we got it right i so. don't know
0: i'm sure john prosser is going to still be around and he will be reminding everyone about this and it i mean if this is accurate that's a pretty wild leak from inside apple i mean john prosser would have had to received images of this physical device with that he then sends to renders by ian to make basically like finished product images And John Prosser does not reveal the photographs that he has sent to protect whatever leakers are inside the company. You know, I think it's an interesting conversation because all that has surrounded the Slack internally conversation and how Apple has been kind of shutting down certain channels and certain groups inside Apple and then Apple employees coming out and trying to talk about some of the toxic culture that might be happening inside the organization. You know, I almost wonder, are these leakers, maybe people trying to take jabs at Apple and kind of give this stuff away, a little bit of spite as a part of this thing. Or, you know, if this is someone inside Apple that is actually working on the device, then that would actually, you know, I ask the question, why would you, unless there's money involved And it, and you know, John Prosser never says anything about that. There's probably not money involved, but why would you give this away if it's something you're working on that you want to show the world when it's actually announced. What motivation do you have to send it to a leaker as opposed to just waiting for your product to be announced? You know, I, there's so many people that work at Apple and you see them on Twitter after an event, after there's an announcement whether it's software or hardware that they get to say like I've been so excited that the world can now see this thing. Yeah. We've worked on it for months, sometimes years. Like the Shortcuts team bringing Shortcuts to the Mac, you know, there's an excitement about the official announcement, having the world see their finished product. And so I'm just curious, like, who inside Apple would be sending this kinds of stuff? I mean, it can't be supply chain leaks. Like, there's no supply chain for the iPhone 14 right now. You know, it's not like someone in a factory is taking pictures of this model. Yeah, they're they're producing the iPhone 13 right now. So it has to be somebody inside Apple, and. I don't know, unless it's like a personal friend or something, like, I don't know, it's just, it doesn't make sense to me. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Today, many small business owners are busier than ever. Time spent searching for and interviewing candidates can take time away from managing and growing a business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has made it easier to get the candidates worth interviewing faster. And here's the best part, it's free. I've actually led creative teams and had to hire many people in the process and previously going through other job boards and trying to post the jobs, you get all kinds of resumes and candidates, but they're not necessarily the best or a good fit for your organization. When you use LinkedIn Jobs, it really finds the best, most qualified people. They see your job listing and you get top candidates for your position that you need to hire for. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. Focus on candidates with the skills and experience you need, and you can use screening questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified people. Then use the simple tools on LinkedIn Jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates worth interviewing faster. Did you know every week nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? So post your job for free at linkedin.com slash That's linkedin.com slash appleinsider to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Our thanks to LinkedIn Jobs for sponsoring this episode.
1: I will tell you this, not in this case, I don't understand it in this case, but I think there are times when Apple chooses to leak certain things. And very specifically recently, we had that thing that everybody thought the Apple Watch Series 7 was going to have blood pressure and all sorts of things, and then suddenly... All the leakers were saying no, it doesn't. And like that, I, th- I just have this sneaking suspicion that was somebody in Apple thinking, let's damp down expectations for a thing we're not going to be able to deliver till next year or whenever. Yeah. It just, the, the uniform, the sudden announcement from everywhere, it just felt too orchestrated to be real. And in that case, I can well see an advantage. To Apple in choosing to leak it, but that's Apple as a company making uh, quite a high-level decision. That's not the same as a disgruntled employee uh, getting revenge on somebody or objecting to something. Yeah, Uh, uh, yeah, it's I. I, You know, you and I wouldn't do it if we were in Apple, but uh, you never know what uh, somebody else's footsteps are like. Maybe there are conditions where you and I would leak that as well and i'd be terribly that's the story i'd like to hear more than how tim Cook cut, uh, cut himself shaving i would really like to hear <laughs> the inside story of why someone uh did this but i doubt we'll ever know
0: yeah i doubt we'll ever know i have to imagine it's one of two things if this leak is accurate like did tim cook throw a chair or is he one to where he just quietly stands up from watching this video leaves the room and mutters under his breath <laughs> or this leak is totally inaccurate and Tim Cook and Craig Federighi watch this video and they all just laugh in the office and then go about their day. You know, I have to imagine it's one of those two scenarios and I would love to know oh, which.
1: What if it's in the middle and they think, oh, that's better than the one we're doing.
0: <laughs> now that, that would be a story I would love to read, you know, yes. and... This is why I love reading books from people who have worked at Apple in the past, because you do get some of these stories. I've mentioned it before, but Creative Selection, it's a book by Ken Koscienda, and he worked on Safari but also the original iPhone keyboard and then the original iPad keyboard and just the stories that he tells in that book about Steve Jobs coming in and saying like five words about the iPad software keyboard and and how they come to a decision on several iterations that they were deciding between. I love hearing those stories. You know, I encourage, they've been a, a past sponsor. This was like months ago, but Wondery does have some of those stories about Johnny Ive and Steve Jobs from past history. So we we might have to wait like 10 years before we hear about it, but I can't wait to read the book about the leaker culture of the early 2020s in some Apple uh, employee book years from now.
1: That's just me. Why don't you go pitch that very book to a publisher right now and write it yourself?
0: (laughs) If I knew about it, I totally would. Mm. But, you know, as you were saying, we would not do those things if we worked for Apple. I'm always careful about saying what we would or wouldn't do because there's this saying about everyone everyone has their price you know and it's kind of a pessimistic saying but i feel like there is some truth to it You you think about all the podcasts that have gone to spotify exclusively you know they all had a price like all those shows had a price of sure i'll just be in your app just give me x amount of money you know and I was reading a tweet by Canoopsie. He's a creator on YouTube. He does a lot of iPad videos and such. And he asked the question, you know, what company would you never work with for any amount of money? And, you know, like that's a really tough question too. Mm. I basically have to ask that question of myself when we have different sponsors that want to sponsor the show. And maybe we're not interested in, in working with certain sponsors. It doesn't happen often at all, but that's why we can really say we believe in all the sponsors in the show because we are... Selective in a few of them. But I tweeted kind of half jokingly that any multi-level marketing company I would not work with (laughs) just because I think that's kind of a terrible business model. But anyway, I don't know. I I feel like that's a difficult question. And I don't know, William, is there any company that you would not let sponsor a, a video of yours if they asked?
1: Uh, yes, but I suppose only in the broadest sense that um, I, I, I do this 58 keys videos for writers and things. Uh, I have been approached by mattress salespeople, and I see no connect. Well, I mean, writers, you know, we're we're a lazy sort. Maybe it everybody's work. got to sleep, William. Everybody's got to sleep. I was wrong to turn them down. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, I'm just know. saying. I'm just saying. We've actually had
0: a mattress company <laughs> sponsor this show. Oh, right. A Helix mattress, and I'll be honest i got one of those mattresses and it's a great mattress i'm just saying everybody's got to sleep everybody's got to sleep that's true. you know and i, I think okay. there's there's a difference between a, a sponsor that's tangential to the topic of the show that might not be technology related but something that just the average person would be interested in we have some sponsors coming up in the next few weeks that I don't think anyone would guess that they would sponsor this show, but they're sponsors that now that I've learned about them, I kind of love them. And so I would love to know, listeners, just try and guess. If you guess this one sponsor that I'm thinking of, it's not on this week's episode. It's in a future episode. But if you can guess the sponsor, I'll send you a free thing from that sponsor. I'm just going to say it right now. If you could guess the company that will be sponsoring the show soon, there's no reference points. I'll send you something from that sponsor. I'll
1: buy it personally and send it to you. So anyway, just throwing that out there. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. That is the meanest slash most generous thing I've ever heard you say. <laughs> and you're willing to buy people things and send them, but you won't send me my, William, iPad, my iPad. Let me just say, <laughs> this sponsor
0: has a wide range of products. William, I'm going to ask you for your address in our private Slack, and I'm going to send you something. I'm not going to tell you what it is, uh, but I'm going to send you something. I'm, I'm reminding... I'm sending. What's your address? I'm typing that in our private right. Slack conversation. I would love, I would love to have that uh, to know. Okay. To to, It'll I'll be
1: a photograph something. of a MacBook Pro, won't it? Okay, <laughs> a, all right.
0: A Polaroid instant photo of yes. something. No, no, no. <laughs> but anyway that's that's the iphone 14 link you, you know we'd love to know what your thoughts are listeners honestly if that's what it looks like looks great i would love that design the iphone 4 was one of my favorite iphone designs of all the models that and the iphone 5 where i think were some of the best so i would love to see it kind of return to some iteration of that design so we'll have to see what if that's it william what do you think of that design do you like
1: that iphone 14 leak that look I, I, this is so insane but i kind of like the notch You know, I've come to like the notch. So don't take it away from me. Oh, stop looking at me like that. Um, What about this? Uh, If the iPhone 14 is actually a remake of the 4, does that mean the 15 will be a remake of the 5? Has Apple actually run out of designs and we're just going to cycle around?
0: That's deep, Mm. William. That's very deep. Mm. We'll have to see. (laughs) We'll have to see. So we are not expecting these at the September 14th event, but some suppliers are saying that the M1X MacBook Pros, the 14 inch and 16 inch should still be on track for this fall. Again, surely we will see another Apple event this fall. Could be October, could be at the latest November, but we should be seeing those updated MacBook Pros. And we also have that iPad mini floating around and again, a bunch of products Apple could release, but everyone just uh, get your wallets ready. If you were in the market for any of these products, they're gonna be coming. Now, I do want to talk to you about this, William, because this happened after we recorded the show last week, and so weren't able to report on it just yet. But Apple announced that the CSAM features that it was going to launch with iOS 15, and again, we've, we've covered it in depth about what they were specifically and the different parts of those features. There was the iMessage feature that was using machine learning to identify pictures being sent and received. There was the Nick McDatabase and the hashing that was going to be happening on device. Apple decided that it's going to postpone these features. They did not say when they will come out or when they will possibly be released, but they are postponing them. So these will not be coming with the launch of iOS 15 and iPadOS 15. Looks like it won't even be coming this fall, but rather later, maybe in 2022. Again, they didn't say, but They didn't say that they were never going to release it, but that it is now officially delayed will not be coming this fall. Now, I'm kind of of two minds of this announcement. Like one, yes, there was botched communication and it wasn't the best rollout and announcement of these features when Apple announced them and just all the questions that arose and how it was covered in the press. Like wasn't a great launch or announcement of these features, but by postponing these features, I feel like Apple is just kicking the ball down the field. Like when they actually say these features are going to come to the iPhone, iPad, and Mac, that they're going to have to deal with all these questions and the backlash kind of all over again. Like they're going to have to face the same issues they have been facing the last month. And Craig Federighi did the interview with Joanna Stern for the Wall Street Journal. They released several interviews, one with TechCrunch, plus you know, white papers answering more of the questions that arose once the announcement was made. I feel like they've been fighting the battle for the last month. Almost they should have just gone ahead and done it. Like, go ahead and just release the features, as you have said. I'm not sure what postponing these features, if they're not going to change how they fundamentally work, how postponing is going to help the cause, aside from just pushing it past the iPhone 13 and whatever other devices they launched this fall. And maybe that's the point. But how do you feel about that, William?
1: I think your last point there, we think of Apple as this big company that can do everything, but it tends to do an awful lot at the same time. Something that can be moved, you could see. Get, us, get it out of their hair for a bit while they concentrate on this. Get the noise down while they want spotlights instead of flames. Um, I'm sure they're genuine about wanting to talk to people and find out more, but I I don't. in as far as I understand how it works, I don't see any big thing they could change. It's either they do it or they don't. So right. uh, I don't see a modification. But, I mean, I didn't even, even know. I hadn't even heard of CSAM before all of this came up, so I'm hardly... Expert in this, but yeah, it does feel like it's um, not a technological decision. It is a business or a political one, a timing thing. I I fully expect that it'll be back exactly as it is now, but maybe hopefully with more people yeah. on board. So we'll see again.
0: Obviously, stay tuned, Apple Insider. We'll cover it when it actually will come out again. I, I'm not expecting to see it this year. This will be a 2022 thing, maybe in that lull of Apple news from like January to February. You know, if Apple doesn't have an announcement. During that time, it's usually pretty quiet, so maybe it'll be then. This episode is brought to you by the Nebbia by Moen Spa Shower. The Nebbia by Moen Spa Shower is backed by some of the biggest names in Silicon Valley, including none other than Apple's CEO, Tim Cook. And it's been designed by former Tesla, NASA, and Apple engineers who have spent years researching and developing a superior shower experience that saves water. The Nebbia by Moen Spa Shower is Nebbia's most advanced shower yet with twice the coverage and you can know that you're saving water in the process. Nebbia atomizes, that's the fancy word for it, droplets of water and it has incredible rinsibility no matter what shampoo or conditioner you use, even with the thickest hair. And installation is super easy. I'm not a very do-it-yourself guy, but with the Nebbia by Moen instructions and all the parts they send you that you need already in the box... I was able to switch my shower out in about 15 minutes, having never done it before. If you can change a light bulb, you can install the Nebbia by Moen Spa Shower. But when I get in the shower, it's just my time to relax. And I love having a good shower experience. And the Nebbia by Moen Spa Shower gives you that awesome coverage of water. And it's so nice to just unwind and relax there in the shower. The Nebbia by Moen Spa Shower looks beautiful. It's available in four premium finishes. You can get the white and chrome, spot-resistant nickel matte black and black and chrome that matte black looks really nice i actually got the spot-resistant nickel finish so you don't see fingerprints or water spots maybe also has recent releases like it's quattro showerhead which i'll be honest i have that one too i have two showers in my house one is the spa shower one is the quattro and my family loves them both They also have a quick dry earth mat which is really cool and a ton more you can pre-order those with free shipping for a limited time only the Nebia by Moen Spa shower starts at just 199 and for Apple Insider listeners we have a deal for you. The first 100 people to use the promo code appleinsider at nebia.com will get 10% off all Nebia products. Nebia rarely does deals like this where it's a sale on all of their products, but it's a great deal to jump on. So go to nebia.com/appleinsider. That's n e b i a.com/appleinsider. To check out what they have to offer. And the first 100 people to use that promo code Apple Insider when checking out will save 10% on all Nebbia products. Again, that's nebbia.com and use the promo code Apple Insider to save 10%. I do wanna mention something that I've got recently, which is a new hub for my Mac setup. I've been using the OWC Thunderbolt 3 dock, which has been great but I've been using my LG Ultrafine 4K display as kind of a secondary hub because it has a second Thunderbolt port on it. And I've been finding that any device connected to my Mac through the LG Ultrafine display has been unreliable. Like I'll plug in my computer, turn it on, but my audio interface won't connect or my hard drive won't connect. And It was fine for a while, but now it seems like my LG Ultrafine is not a dependable hub, quote unquote, even though it has four USB-C ports on the back. So I recently got the CalDigit Thunderbolt 4 dock. And this is something that uh, Wes Hilliard on the show has used. Andrew has one as well. But it basically has four Thunderbolt ports on it, in addition to four USB-A ports, which I'm not using at the moment. But those four Thunderbolt ports means one connects to your computer And you now have three additional Thunderbolt ports and I'm using them for my audio interface for my Elgato camera capture device and an external hard drive. And it has actually been working great. I've not had to restart my devices anymore. And all, oh, and I plugged my LG Ultrafine into that CalDigit dock. And just in the last week of my experience with it, CalDigit Thunderbolt 4 dock has been incredible. It was out of stock for a while, but you can actually now get it on Amazon. It was actually overnight delivery, so that was great. But if you're looking for more Thunderbolt ports and reliability is something that you really want to prioritize, this CalDigit one has been great just in my week or so of using it. Have you had any hubs or docs that you've been using recently that you really like
1: no actually i've got a kind of no name got it from amazon hub thing to plug into my mac mini and it kind of does the job Uh, the first one i got half the supports didn't work so it kind of put me off all of the hub things but while this works I'm not touching anything. And unfortunately, (laughs) recently, it stopped working. I have a a, a very wide monitor plugged in to the back of the Mac Mini. And recently, I've been having trouble getting the Mac Mini to recognize, or rather to get the monitor to recognize the Mac Mini. I've ended up restarting it and things. So something that would fix that. I suspect that's a macOS Monterey uh, issue because it's fairly new. But then if I will accidentally fall into the beta program, I've only got myself to blame, haven't I?
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, accidentally, quote unquote.
1: You're genuinely accidentally stop looking at me like that Okay.
0: so i do want to mention the matrix because i don't know about you william i know you don't like ted lasso but how do you feel about the matrix
1: uh, i'm so sorry I, just didn't. <laughs> I thought the matrix looked utterly beautiful for about 20 minutes and then i thought yeah, kind of need a bit more than this, and the whole thing of is the world real or is it imaginary? Yeah, yeah, done that one, seen that one, and I just I couldn't bear the dialogue, couldn't bear the story. So I remember the thing, I turned the sound off oh, after a bit <laughs> because the sound was really irritating, but the visuals were beautiful for about twenty minutes or so. <laughs> okay, yeah. I like the new trailer. Yeah, by the way, I watched. I was enjoying that.
0: Yeah, the reason I wanted to bring it up: the new trailer came out for the Matrix Resurrection. It's coming out Christmas this year. And it's got Keanu Reeves in it again. Looks really cool. What I think is interesting to talk about about these movies in general, the first Matrix came out in 1999, (laughs) which just feels like forever ago. You know, I saw it when it came out. I was a teenager, but my goodness, it's like 22 years old. And so now one of the scenes in the trailer, we see a bunch of people in an elevator with smartphones. And it's so funny because back when the first Matrix came out there were cell phones but they were all flip phones or candy bar like and people didn't really have them and it's such a difference between that 1999 matrix and now here we are in 2021 seeing this new matrix trailer with actual modern technology it's just so interesting and you actually wrote an article about it on apple insider i'll link to that in the show notes as well but what was your thoughts about that specifically
1: the obvious gag straight away is that it's very good that the aliens with the digital world have kept up to date with technology. <laughs> but uh, I also, um, you know, films are always a product of their own time, and being able to look back now and see the start of the incredible social impact that The Matrix originally kind of hinted at, and now we know right. happened. To see it embodied in actually just that one shot in the trailer of everybody on their phones, that was quite a jolt. Right. And funny, that's what makes me interested in the new film, that that knowledge, that awareness that we bring to it of how different the world is and how different maybe this Matrix world is too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to see it's going to be on HBO Max the same time it's in theaters. And because of all the weird company things here in the u.s because i'm an at&t customer i have hbo max for free which you know antitrust aside i'm fine with it so i'll be able to see it on hbo max when it comes out
1: actually you've asked me before about apple tv shows uh, there is one i'd really like to point out uh the 9-11 inside the president's war room i mean um That's Apple TV and BBC, and because I'm in the UK, it's actually not available on Apple TV. It's only on the BBC's streaming service for a while. So I watched the BBC version. But it's a really, really compelling documentary, as frightening and shocking uh, as it felt back when all those events were really happening. So I think Apple did a great job with the BBC there.
0: Yeah. I just want to touch on these real quick at the end. Not Apple-related, but this was actually just announced. Well, there was some embargo lifted, I guess, and there's been a bunch of articles and videos about these now on Thursday, September 9th, but Ray-Ban and Facebook yes. have actually par- have actually partnered to create camera-equipped glasses. Now, you know, there's rumors about Apple's working on augmented reality glasses and maybe even VR stuff, but, you know, everyone's kind of reacting to this of like, oh, yeah, great, camera in your glasses that Facebook makes. And huge <laughs> privacy and security issues with this. I just don't know. You know, Snapchat tried to do this a few years ago as well. Snapchat had glasses with a camera built in that you could post directly to your Snapchat account. Those, I don't know where they went, but I haven't seen them in years. So I assume those fizzled and died. But now being Ray-Ban and Facebook, I mean, they probably at least have a little more money to throw at it for a longer amount of time. But I don't know how I feel about this new world of cameras in glasses. These are $300 sunglasses with a camera built in from Facebook. So Yeah, I don't know.
1: What do you think of of that, William? Yes, you do. You do know what you feel about this. You are afraid of this. (laughs) You haven't been able to say the word Facebook without, you know, (laughs) quotes, italics, uh, with a deep history behind it.
0: It is true. It is true. Yeah, I I don't want this. You know, I have to assume, well, I assume that when Apple finally launches some augmented reality pair of glasses, that it will not have a camera built in that the augmented reality will be for the wearer alone with integrations with the phone. But I do not see Apple putting a camera on something like this. You know, we haven't seen Apple release like a home device with a camera either. You know, we have HomePods and Apple TVs, no cameras, whereas Amazon and Google are the opposite, putting cameras and all that. You have the Echo Show, the Google Nest and all that. But if Apple... If and when Apple does the AR glasses, I don't imagine we're going to see a camera
1: in those. Do you think? Except those cameras, uh, excuse me, those uh, AR engines, I mean, it's augmented reality. So it's digital stuff superimposed in the real world. That means measuring the real world. That is true. So they, they'll probably have LiDAR in them. Uh, is it purely optical cameras that are the issue? Or is any kind of outward facing sensor mm. potentially a problem?
0: That's a good question. You know, I feel like, If they're paired with your iPhone, Apple could just use LiDAR and the GPS either built into the glasses or your phone to know exactly where you are and with the LiDAR know what's around you and like combine with Street View in Apple Maps, like just put it all together without an actual camera that takes pictures on the glasses. But you are right. There will need to be some sensor to know what you're looking at. So I'm sure there'll be some privacy features a part of the glasses that, you know, Apple will put in, but...
1: I forget it, William. Do you have any interest in some kind of AR glasses from Apple? I wouldn't have said so, but you read so many patents about them where they're just the odd little bit of interesting stuff. I like, I remember trying to buy a PC once and I asked the uh, seller what the difference was between two models and she just read the description to me that one was, (laughs) I can't remember PC stuff, it was six megahertz and the other one was 6.1 megahertz, something like that. And she said, there you go, you see. Whereas apparently with Apple glasses or whatever it is, there would be a possibility you'd look at the two items and, it would give you a pro-con list on both. You know, depending on what's offered, maybe the store is as ill-informed as she was and we wouldn't get this, but the option to have information on demand. I mean, yeah. I'm not against it. Yeah. I'm not drawn to it. I, I imagine I'll end up trying them.
0: What if, what if you could stream Ted Lasso directly to your face? With the glasses,
1: well, do you know I would I would go out of my way to buy one of those Apple, uh, uh, you know, those glasses holders where you can shut them and uh, the things are in there yeah. and protect because uh-huh. you've got to protect That's Ted right. Lasso lenses, really. <laughs> one I day, believe me apparently, or something. That's a thing. One yeah. day, one lis- day,
0: listeners keep tweeting at William, telling him to no, don't spam them. Just send them, <laughs> just send them one tweet, one tweet a week to watch Ted Lasso and and if ted lasso ever comes out on blu-ray you know there was the one apple tv original that is actually going to be sold on blu-ray i forget exactly which one it was but if they do it with one they might do it with ted lasso
1: uh there's now a second one I, i'm with you i can't remember which one was the series that was first but now on the rocks uh sofia coppola's film is coming to blu-ray as well so you know it's uh, it's obviously part of the deals with the production companies that do it and the rights issues around it but yet one series and one film keep moving Yes. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so it was defending Jacob, and then on the rocks. I think
1: those are ah, the two. That's, that's it. Thank those you. were coming yes. out on
0: physical media.
1: Right. i got to say, I read the script to defending Jacob uh, the other day. I really liked it on the page as well as on the screen.
0: Oh. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. So not a total curmudgeon on Apple TV uh, content. I appreciate that. I appreciate that.
1: No, I, that. <laughs> no, I know. Mind you. you, on the page, you don't see constant iPhone use, do you? It's just they use their phone. That's all it says. Right. right. I did find, depending checker was a bit funny. It was almost like, have you seen the time on this iPhone 10? Yeah. With this app? But yeah, it was just <laughs> slightly too much. But
0: it was a little too much. I'm with you there. Well, listeners, again, stay tuned. We're going to have a special episode of the Apple Insider Podcast recapping the September 14th California streaming Apple event. We're expecting the iPhone 13, Apple Watch Series 7 possibly AirPods three as well. So be on the lookout for that. Tweet at William and myself. We'd love to know what are you excited about? What are you going to upgrade? Let us know uh, what sponsor you think could possibly sponsor the show in the near future. I would love to hear your guesses on that. Our Twitter handles are in the show notes, as well as links to everything we talked about. Don't forget, if you haven't yet, you can support the show on patreon.com slash Apple Insider. You can get an ad free version and early access there or write in Apple Podcasts. You can even do a free trial there. And if you haven't yet, a five-star rating and review an Apple podcast really helps out the show. Plus, don't forget to check out the HomeKit Insider podcast, which comes out every Monday. Andrew and myself talk about smart home and HomeKit devices. We actually have a special interview coming out in the next episode with the Thinka CEO. They just built a hub that will integrate all Z-Wave products with HomeKit, which brings thousands of devices to the HomeKit category. So, really cool interview. You can check that out on the HomeKit Insider podcast. Links to that show in the show notes as well. Thanks for joining us this week. We'll catch you next time.